Hello, welcome to Flower Butter Egg Sugar. My name's Kate. I'm the host of this podcast, which is recorded in my small London kitchen. This is a podcast for home bakers. And today's episode is going to be about cardamom buns. Um, so I'm really, really excited to uh, get talking to you about cardamom buns. Um, a little bit like previous episodes, I'm going to talk about uh, my week in baking, um, the things that have been uh, making me happy this week and uh, then I'm going to talk about the history of cardamom buns briefly and then I'm going to get into first of all my master kind of enriched bread brioche recipe which is fantastic in my humble opinion um, and then how I made cardamom buns and then some variations on 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 that so let's get started I'm really really excited um, I'm going to start with talking to you about my week in baking. So my week in baking, I've been baking uh, sourdough bread, that is, and I, my sort of book of 2020 um, in terms of baking was probably the uh, Super Sourdough book by James Morton. Um, I just found that it kind of actually helped me to really understand what was going on with sourdough. Um, it explained it to me kind of more scientifically. Uh, and in a kind of reassuring way he's got a very particular style um, but I really got on with this book I found it really helpful it did transform my loaves as well as well um, and I baked two um, sort of miche loaves this week so big round kind of French country style loaves um, I found those a little bit tricky um, they have really high hydration so they're quite wet doughs so I think I might, um, I didn't exactly follow the recipe either time because of the types of flour that I had in stock. So that might have been why, but um, I'm going to keep trying, keep practicing. But yeah, it is a really, really good book. It did transform my sourdough baking. And what I find is that even now, like even when I make a mistake um, with, a, with a loaf, like the last couple of loaves I've overproved, um, I still get quite a decent loaf because I've done a lot of other things right. Um, so he really kind of breaks down the process for you and helps you to understand it. So therefore, even if I've made one or two mistakes here or there, like kind of other stuff kind of carries me through and I still get a fairly decent loaf. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been baking sourdough and it's, I've I had a break from it for a while. Um, and kind of neglected my starter, let it sit in the fridge for ages. But it was it was alive and well, it was already alive anyway, but it was very active within about five days. So you just need to persist if you're interested if you bake sourdough, just keep going. Um make sure that your start your starter is really, really active and bubbly and you, you know, as long as you are following other steps in a fairly good recipe you will get there in the end through trial and error and, and patience 
it did take me about six months to get any decent loaves um but that's because I partly because I didn't have this book um and yes I think I when I started making sourdough I thought oh yeah this will be fine because I'm I bake loads of other things but it is just a different it's just a different game altogether really like it's not the same as baking with conventional yeast whatsoever and it's not the same as other types of baking you just have to kind of learn how it behaves differently um but I do I do sort of love the way sourdough bread tastes so I persisted and I'm getting there um I've been still excited about pastry and pies and one of my new year's resolutions um is to bake more puff pastry and bake more pies so I've been watching a lot of episodes of Bake It Up a Notch with Erin Jean McDowell I mentioned last episode um, and I'm just kind of becoming a huge fan of her she just explains everything so clearly um, she doesn't kind of take shortcuts or skimp on that explanation um, she suggests variations and how you can be creative in the kitchen yourself so I'm just really enjoying kind of like picking up loads of wisdom from her and expertise and she has a lot of videos that are not about pie and pastry. They're about other types of baking, which are also really, really helpful. So strongly recommend uh, checking her out if you haven't already. I baked a pear, walnut and blue cheese tart, uh, which was absolutely delicious. Um, I found the recipe in the pages of um, the 2020 Good Food Vegetarian Christmas magazine um it was a little bit of a mission um probably was not the wisest idea to start baking to start like making dinner at like half past six or something because there was a lot there were a lot of stages um it was making the pastry chilling the pastry um blind baking the pastry um and but like all before I could actually put the filling in and like cook and actually get dinner on. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a process, but it was sort of so good. Like the pastry was so crisp. Uh, the blind baking did, I think, make all the difference because it was, yeah, it was just excellent, excellent pastry. Um, it was quite an unusual pastry recipe. Like it was there was it was sort of half wholemeal, so it had this gorgeous like nuttiness about it. They really complemented the walnuts. There were walnuts in the pastry that were ground, and there was also blue cheese in the pastry as well as in the filling. So um, it tasted phenomenal. The texture was incredible. I just really, really, really enjoyed this one, um, but it was a slight process. I've put details about the pastry on the website which is now exciting times um you can get to this but through flourbuttereggssugar.com um so i've been trying to make the website a bit more professional um trying to make it a bit easier to navigate so do go and check that out if you haven't already well check it out again because it's been improved um like i say it's just flourbuttereggssugar.com um, and also via the website, you can now 
record a message. Um, so I think you have to set up an anchor account to do it. But if anybody would like to, you know, record a message and send that in, that would be really, really cool. Um, because I'd get to play it on the podcast and, and say thank you and everything. So that is a cool new feature that's there. Uh, there's also contact details, like all of the places that you can listen to the podcast. So um, it's kind of more convenient to share the podcast with friends and family who you think might be interested in it. So I spent a bit of time on the website this week. Um, the contact details are otherwise the same. So the email address to reach me is still flowerbuttereggsugar at gmail.com. And we still have a Facebook page. We still have a Facebook group. And I also set up an Instagram. So do follow me on Instagram if you haven't already. Um, the show's handle is, uh, what is it? I think it's just flour, butter, eggs, sugar. And then but it'll, come up, it'll come up as flour, butter, eggs, sugar podcast. Um, and then my handle is Kate Liz Baking. So, you know, if you'd like to give me a follow as well. And then the final thing that I was baking this week that wasn't that wasn't buns um, was rhubarb crumble. So um, rhubarb is not in kind of normal season here, but um, in the winter we have a kind of extra rhubarb season in the UK because uh, for something called forced rhubarb. It's grown in Yorkshire and it sounds it sounds incredibly romantic, like um, but it's grown under candlelight. Um so we get a kind of extra rhubarb season um because of the way it's grown. Um and that is usually grown in Yorkshire. So I saw some gorgeous looking rhubarb just in the supermarket that was Yorkshire forced rhubarb. And um, it was this gorgeous sort of pink colour, really like vibrant, uh, vibrant pink. Um, And it was quite thin stalks and I think slightly sweeter than normal rhubarb. Um, So I actually probably needed to use a bit less sugar than I did. Um, Because I think the sourness was a little bit lost which I which is actually one of the main things that I really like about rhubarb but anyway I'll stick up a recipe for rhubarb crumble on the website as well um but yeah it's sort of coming to the end now unfortunately of of forced rhubarb season I think but absolutely delicious um and I can't wait to cook more with rhubarb in the future it's something that I've not always liked um and it's sort of only and only as an adult that I really started to appreciate it so um, I made a delicious rhubarb crumble and the recipe, one of the recipes I read suggested using demerara sugar, which I think would be excellent. It's a kind of raw brown sugar that has large uh, granules, so it'd be quite kind of crunchy in a crumble um, or I think the closest thing that uh, you have in the US is a crisp. It's more similar to a crisp than a cobbler I think um but I didn't have any demerara in sadly don't know why I said it like that um so I sort of compromised um or like yeah 
made it up with instead I did half dark brown sugar um and half uh golden granulated sugar which has slightly bigger granules than most of the sort of British baking sugars so it had a bit of crunch but the dark brown sugar was actually a revelation it was really good it made it kind of syrupy um kind of melted into a bit of a syrupy texture on the fruit um so that was kind of incredible like this kind of treacly substance um really really good but I will definitely try uh crumble with demerara sugar as well in the future because I think that would work really well um I have made crumbles but not that often so um I I'm definitely going to try the demerara as well um, okay, so without further faffing, I'm going to get into cardamom bums in a second. Um, but just to mention before we do that my uh, sister and listener, Ruth, um, well, it wasn't actually her, apparently it was her her wife, but her wife made this gorgeous looking vegan galette de roi. So I just wanted to give them them a quick quick mention because they were following along with our Galette des Rois from last week and made a delicious looking vegan one. And I think they just used um, egg replacer um, and vegan butter and then sort of shop-bought pastry. Uh, they had some issues with sealing it. So I think um, I'll have to chat with Ellie about what, I don't know, whether... It, whether I can offer any advice she's a very good cook herself so I don't know if I can but um and yeah but it looked really really good and tasted really good apparently so well done them yay okay so let's get into cardamom buns um I'm going to be talking a little bit about the history first then we're going to talk about um the my sort of master brioche recipe or enriched bread recipe and then how to put these together. Let's go. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of cardamom buns now, or in Swedish, they are called cardamomabula, I think. Do correct me if I'm saying that wrong. Um, and I got a lot of this, the, the, this information and history from an article by Olivia Miltner on ozzy.com or ozy.com. Um, so that is my source. Um, if I could speak Swedish, then I'd probably look at more Swedish websites. Um, so the first thing I found out is that apparently Sweden consumes 18 times more cardamom per capita uh, than the average country. And no Norway, almost 30 times more. So it's an incredibly popular spice in Scandinavia. I recently have been looking at a lot of Scandinavian baking. Um, I came across, I think it was on the Guardian, a website that was from um, Scan, sorry, an, a recipe that's from scandykitchen.co.uk, which is a sort of shop in London that um, specialises in Scandinavian food um, and baking. And they sell a lot of imported products and they also make things and sell them themselves. Um, they have a cafe normally, although not at the moment. Um, we're in we're in a third lockdown in in the UK now, so a third national lockdown. 
Um, yeah, so cafes and restaurants are not currently open. Um, anyway, this, this blog is excellent. Um, scandykitchen.co.uk, really cool. And I got so into it that I decided I must, I simply must order one of their books. So I've ordered a, a baking book, um, which is called, uh, Hu- um, Huga and Fika. Uh, Huga spelt H-Y-double-G-E. Um, Fika is spelt actually quite a lot like how it sounds. It's F-I-K-A. Um, they both mean a kind of feeling of coziness. And then Fika refers to, I think, a kind of like break, a rest in the day, which you might often consume the coffee and cake in that rest. It's definitely my kind of rest. Um, but the recipes look really 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 interesting and nice and it's my kind of baking really um I'm not a huge fan of salty licorice um, which is huge in Scandinavia uh salted licorice but I am big fans of the sort of spices they use like cinnamon cardamom saffron things like that um I am a huge fan of sweet breads uh which is a really popular in Scandinavia um I yeah I do like the kind of biscuity things and the crisp breads as well um they use a lot of interesting berries and jams so that kind of and they like pears and apples so those are all things I like too um so I'm quite excited to get this book which I, I bought myself as a sort of lockdown slash early birthday present for myself um so I'm I'm really excited about that and in the coming weeks I'm going to be making one of their recipes which is like a saffron and almond um roll cake so I'm going to keep keep rolling 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 on my success from from the uh yule log and keep practicing rolling cake anyway Back to cardamom buns. Very long digression. Sorry about that. Um, so there's some mythology around where cardamom in like Scandinavia comes from. So there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that kind of claim that it goes all the way back to the Vikings, and that the Vikings traded with the Byzantine Empire. But there's no real evidence to back this up. In fact, historians say that this is this is actually just false and made up um but it does have a long history in scandinavia it probably comes from the moors um sometime later but that's still pretty early on that's still pretty pretty early on um and for example um there is uh, there was a monk in the early 13th century so that's the 1200 1200s guys that is really still uh, a long time ago um, it's just not as early as the vikings uh anyway this this danish monk called uh Kund, kint yule um mentions cardamom in the cookbook libellus diata coquineria uh so yes it, it does have a long history um and a lot of the recipes were very similar to kind of uh, Byzantine recipes in that in that cookbook. So um, 
really interesting stuff. Um, cardamom is also found in other uh, treats and foodstuffs in Scandinavia. So it's found in glog, which is a sweet wine drunk around Christmas in Nordic countries. Um, it's found in uh, crumb cake, which is a thin cone-shaped biscuit. Sounds really cool. Um, and obviously cardamom buns are a kind of staple of cafes and your kind of cosy fika breaks. Um, and a good cardamom bun is usually the sign of a good cafe. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to make this is because there is a chain of, a small chain of, um, cafes in Edinburgh, um, Swedish cafes that make really fantastic cardamom buns and when I visited there with my partner um we just couldn't stop eating these blooming cardamom buns they were so good uh so I wanted to try them at home and see if I could make them myself so that is a little bit about the history and context of cardamom buns and now I'm going to be getting into the method okay so I'm going to start by explaining the method of how I make um, brioche or enriched dough. Um, this, by the way, makes quite a wet dough. So you may want to hold back some of the liquid um, at first and just like add it more gradually. Um, just see how much you kind of need. But it is meant to be a fairly wet dough. Um, so it starts with... 500 grams of uh, strong white flour um, and uh, a bit of salt so about five grams maybe of salt you might want to uh, decrease that if you're using salted butter um, I would stir the salt in so that you're not killing it killing the yeast with it I wouldn't put those two things next to each other I personally stir the salt into the yeast, uh, into the bread, into the bread flour. Sorry. Then I add my yeast, and you want seven, seven or eight grams of yeast. Um, I often use eight just because I know that my domestic scale is not kind of um, often. Domestic scales don't have huge gram to gram accuracy, but you can just use one of the sort of seven gram packets of yeast and. Um, the yeast I'm referring to is the sort that you bung in with the flour. So sometimes it's called instant yeast. Sometimes it's called active dried yeast. Unfortunately, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, there doesn't seem to be a standardized way of labeling yeasts. So that can be quite confusing. Um, but yeah, wh whichever is the sort in your country that is the type that you bung in with the flour, it usually looks like little granules. Um, I also added half a teaspoon of cinnamon into the dough. Um, you couldn't really taste it strongly, but it's a kind of background warmth, which complements the cardamom. Um, you also want six grams of, of sugar. I used caster sugar, but I'm sure you could use granulated. I'm sure it'd be fine. Um, and you also then, so that you then want your wet ingredients. So you want 300 millilitres of single cream, which is about 20% fat. Um, 
if you can't get single cream, then instead do 150 milliliters of double cream and 150 milliliters of whole milk. And double cream is about 40% fat. So you're making up the fat there with the double cream instead. Um, but I use 300 milliliters of single cream. Um, you actually want to warm that cream up or the cream and milk up in a small saucepan um, or whatever microwave actually is fine as well until it's steaming with the with 10 cracked cardamom pods in it already. Um, so you put those in and then you heat it up and then you let it sit to cool down and let the cardamom steep in, in it. Obviously, you don't want your liquid too hot either for your yeast. So you're kind of infusing the cream. Um, once that's cooled down, you can start then adding your wet ingredients to the dough or to, well, it's basically just a flour mixture at the moment. Um, so you're going to need to strain your cream first so that it doesn't have cardamom pods in it. Make sure it's the right temperature. So it doesn't want to be hot, but it wants to be warm. Um, you could use a thermometer. That would be a lot more accurate. But what I do is I stick my finger in the uh, liquid. If it feels slightly hotter than my hand, we're good to go. And that's a temperature that's often referred to as hand hot in recipes. Um, so you then start mixing in your wet ingredients into the into the flour mixture. So you might want to start probably with the, hang on, what would I do? I per I personally start with the cream, but actually I think it's probably less logical because you might want to hold some of it back. But anyway, you will to in in whatever order you want, you will bung in your cream, um, fifty grams of soft butter, and two eggs. Um. So, you add those, um, and you sort of knead it until it's a sort of smooth dough. Um, I have in the past used my hands to knead, um, but you could also use a mixer. And now I've got a mixer, which I'm really happy about, really excited about. Um, I, I've been using my mixer to make these, but you can, you can actually do this by hand. Um, and like I say, it's, it is quite a wet dough, but it will get there. If it looks too wet to work with, leave it to autolise for 20 to 30 minutes which is just a posh word for um, leaving a, a dough to allow the flour to absorb more of the moisture. Like I say, it depends on what kind of flour you're using and stuff like that. So you may want to just hold back on the, on the, on the liquid. You may want to just add most of the cream and then see if it needs all of it. Um, so you could do that. And you probably noticed that I've used cream and butter and eggs so this is a very rich dough it's very high in fat and as far as i'm concerned that's a good thing um because it makes the softest softest crumb it's really quite incredible stuff um i mentioned the two eggs by the way but i didn't mention how big they are so um here i used uk medium eggs which is us large which are about 50 grams each so just so you know and the written recipe will be on the website which is flourbuttereggsugar.com exciting so 
once you've made your dough, you and it's a smooth consistency that's almost kind of window painting. So you can almost stretch a bit out and you'll see light through it. But it won't be necessarily the world's strongest dough. And that's okay because you're making it into buns. So if you're making a big loaf, you would need the gluten structure to be even more developed. But because you're making it into something smaller, um, it's probably going to be strong enough to hold the rise. So you then want to let it rise in a warm place for about an hour or till double, or until doubled in size. This does depend very drastically on the temperature of your kitchen. Or if you have a proving drawer, uh, <clears throat> if you're using your oven as a proving, a proving box like I sometimes do, it really does strongly depend on that. Just don't make it too hot. Um, if it's a bit cooler, you might ha- may have to wait wait longer. Um, humidity can also affect a rise as well. So don't panic, but just go by what the dough looks like rather than an exact timing, I would say. And then you will, if you're not used to making bread, um, a lot of you that listen to this, I'm sure are, but um, if you're not used to making bread, then you will over time, like get to know, like how long to leave things in your kitchen. Um, yeah. And I mentioned the cardamom pods. Those are crucial. Those are absolutely crucial. Um, I think using cardamom pods here rather than ready ground makes all the difference. It really does. Um, so I would really recommend sourcing those if you can. If you can't, still make them. Like it'll still be delicious. But I I think that it's worth it's worth going to the trouble of finding them if you can and um you know uh, cracking the pods yourselves. So let's talk about the filling now. So once your dough has has done its first rise, you would then want to roll it out onto a floured surface, uh, and then you would want to spread it with your filling. So this filling which you need to make in advance, is 25 cardamom pods. Sounds like a lot, but it it wasn't overwhelming at all. Um, And you crack those in a pestle and mortar, or you could do it under the flat of a knife. Um, But you then need to grind the little bits inside. I don't really know what they are, like, because surely the whole pod is a seed. But anyway, the bits inside, you then grind those. Um, and you discard the pods. Um, you then combine that ground cardamom with sugar. Um, you want 150 grams of, I would say, like a white sugar to really allow the cardamom to shine. Um, I I would use a golden or white sugar. Um, t- whole, no, sorry ignore that 150 grams of sugar and 100 grams of soft butter so you combine all of that together so and then you've got your cardamom butter filling once your dough has had its first rise like i say you're going to roll it out uh, into a big thin rectangle you've got to spread your cardamom butter filling and then you're going to fold it over in thirds um so you'll you'll do this along the longest edge You'll fold a third in and then a fold and then fold a third over that. 
then you may actually just want to rest the dough for a few minutes just to try to allow the gluten to relax a little bit because you're going to mess around with it again in a minute. Um, so you may want to loosely cover it uh, if you're leaving it for sort of 20 or 30 minutes um, on the side. Um, you then sort of roll that into, uh, roll that out so it's a bit more uniform, not loads, but um, just to make sure that the three layers are kind of stuck together. And you then cut it into strips. So you want 12 equal size strips. Um, something I forgot to mention was you want your butter filling to be as spread as far to the edges as possible without it running out. Otherwise, you're going to end up with some cardamom bundles that have got lots of cardamom butter filling in and some that haven't got any or have got very little. So you want to be as consistent as possible with them. So you want then 12 strips. Um, then with each strip, you're going to cut it almost in two. Um, I used, I just used a sharp knife for this, for this job, a large sharp knife, but you leave a little bit at the top. Then what I did was I just twisted those two strands around each other. I folded them under and then over, um, so that I got a knot and you can, there are other methods of doing this, like for example, using three strands, but I just found that a bit too fiddly for me. So two twisted around each other, folded over, then under to make a knot. Um, I then put these into a very well, very well buttered and, and floured um, muffin tin, a 12 hole muffin tin. But you could do these free form and just put them on a baking sheet. Um Either way, you will want to obviously leave those for a second rise um, until they look puffy. They are not going to double in size. I wouldn't worry too much about it because they will puff up in the oven too. Um, but they do want to puff up. You do want them to rise by maybe a third or a half. Um, they do want to like, I mean, no, what I would say is noticeably puffy. That's the word, that's the phrase that I use um, for it. Um, once they've had their second rise, you bake them. Um, the second rise, by the way, probably takes about 45 minutes or so. But again, it depends on the temperature of your kitchen. You bake um, at around about 200 degrees Celsius, which is 180 fan um, or gas six. I think that's 390 Fahrenheit. And they need about only about 20 to 25 minutes in, in the oven. Um, once they come out, oh, actually, as well, the other thing that you want to do is you want to egg wash them before you bake them. Sorry, I'm getting myself all confused, don't I? But so actually, before I would bake them, I would get another, I would get a yolk of an egg uh, and beat that with a teaspoon of milk and then brush that. And that'll just make them really, really nice and golden on top. And the other thing I did actually as well, which I also forgot to mention, I'm really sorry, is that I cracked the cardamom pods. I cracked another eight cardamom pods. You may want to go down to five. Depends how much you like cardamom. I love it. I'm a real cardamom fan. And when we had these in the previously mentioned Edinburgh cafes, we 
we there was like whole cardamom seeds on the top and it they're really small um and i i sort of think it made it like i really thought that it made all the difference so i wanted to do that with mine even though i couldn't find really any recipes that told me to so i i just made this up and i just split eight cardamom pods and then once i'd egg washed the rolls i then sprinkled them with the with the little seeds so um yeah so sorry about that the getting the steps mixed up but yeah once you've done that then you bake them like i said 20 to 25 minutes and that should be it um just to emphasize again you want to flour and butter your tin really well if you're using a muffin tin because otherwise they will stick they get quite syrupy at the bottom potentially um you may want to chill them uh to try and stop them getting too syrupy at the bottom um after like after they've had a rise but kind of up to you uh you don't want to do that too long because they will keep proving in the fridge um and what else yeah i think that's basically it but they're really really delicious strongly recommend them um you could make a syrup for the top but i didn't really think it was necessary uh yeah they're just it's just a really my brioche recipe is really good like it's really really incredibly soft and pillowy and i just really like cardamom buns these were like a really really good iteration of it i was very happy with them i think they were better than the ones i had in edinburgh i think they were better but only because i made them to my taste like all baking so so yeah that's it that's it um next up i'm just going to suggest some variations for other ways that you could use this brioche dough so you could alternatively make um a cinnamon and a cinnamon butter um and i guess that would be probably 100, 100 150 grams of sugar again 100 grams of butter and probably a couple of tablespoons of cinnamon actually uh one or two tablespoons but i would do that to taste um you could make a chocolate filling uh so here i would do 75 grams of butter 75 grams of chocolate you'd need to melt those together then stir in a couple of teaspoons of icing sugar if you're using dark chocolate if you're using milk you probably would not need to um if you want to make it more dark you might want to use a bit of cocoa powder um and you also might want to use nuts here so uh, i have made rolls using pistachios in the past um i tried making chocolate pistachio buns with like ground pistachios but i couldn't get the, the chocolate kind of overwhelm the pistachios so i wouldn't recommend that Instead, I would recommend just chopping them coarsely and then doing a slightly fatter roll, a bit more like a traditional cinnamon roll. Um, or, yeah, or sprinkling them on the top, I guess. But what I would say is that if I grind the, the pistachio and mix it with the chocolate, the chocolate will overwhelm it. So, um, but yeah, this is a good kind of base for a chocolate filling. Um make sure that it's not too hot when you spread it on the um dough because obviously you want to melt the butter and chocolate together 
but if you if it's too hot then it won't rise a second time properly so just be a little bit cautious there um so that's cinnamon chocolate cardamom you could use all sorts of different chopped nuts and you really can like go to town with this brioche dough and do all sorts of different things with it so um i hope that you enjoy this recipe um and do go to the website for written instructions in case my uh rambling on has been a bit all over the shop the recipe again is flour butter eggs flour butter eggs sugar dot com um and that's that's kind of it guys um so i'm going to talk a little bit about what we're going to get up to next on the podcast so the last couple of episodes that i've done have been fairly involved um in terms of like making buns from scratch making puff pastry so I want a little break for the next episode so I'm going to do some really easy um, nut biscuits and I'm going to uh, kind of suggest a few different recipes for them um, and a lot of them will be flourless and I'll do at least one vegan one as well um, so gluten-free gang vegan gang rest assured you're going to be catered for in the next episode and then after that, um, I, I have already mentioned this, but uh, I love my birthday because it is an excuse for cake. <laughs> and even though there's only two of us and we're in a full lockdown, I am planning on making two birthday cakes. Um, so, yeah, some of it might have to be frozen. Some of it we might be able to give to our neighbour. But we're gonna, I'm going to make a hazelnut and macaron torte. And I'm going to, going to make a saffron and almond roll. So two cakes after, and then that's going to be the two weeks after we have done the, next week's going to be the nut cookies or nut biscuits. Um, And so that's going to be really, really cool and exciting. Um, But yeah, ne- if you want a more simple recipe, then next week is the one for you. <laughs> Uh, if you want an elaborate birthday recipe, then the two weeks after that will be the ones for you. Um, then I don't want to go too far ahead, but as I said in the last episode, I've got quite a lot of ideas for what's going to come next. So stay tuned because I think we've got some exciting things for 2021. Um, so that's really it from me. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. It's a real joy and a pleasure filming these, seeing people baking them, uh, seeing people like getting enjoyment out of it. It's really nice for me too. Um, And hope everything is okay where you are. Hope you're doing well and your loved ones are are doing well. Um, Thank you very much to my sister, Ruth, as always, for providing uh, the jingle. Um, And take care. Happy baking. See you next time. Bye.